Be seated. That's good. Well, good morning, y'all. I'm Steve Hambrick, and I'm the pastor here at Vintage, and we are glad that you are here. As the band is being sealed, let's do this. Let's take your baskets you passed down earlier, and let's pass them back down for our offering this morning. Don't forget, there's your regular offering, and then there's the offering for youth. And I uh, encourage you, make sure you put youth on that envelope. If not, it's just going to go into the regular uh, vintage um, general fund, as we call it in church world. And uh, so I encourage you to do that and be thankful. Yeah, we are excited about youth camp. This is uh, it's an exciting time. And I do want to encourage you, as, as Timothy named, be praying for them this week, right? They're part of your extended family. And uh, we want to see God do a great work. And then so I encourage you uh, to be in prayer for them. All right. Uh, well, Lance, why don't you go ahead and come? Um, some of you who are new to Vintage may not know, but we support many, several missionaries all over the world. And Lance and Heather Cantor and their their family, their full, all their children are a part of our extended family. And I said in the first service, I'll say it again here, that uh, we don't necessarily view them as missionaries, although that's what they are. We really in, in view them as simply extended family. Right? They really are part of the, our family. They're part of the Vintage family. Uh, I say, you know, you take vacations where you drive eight hours to get there. It really takes only about an eight-hour flight to get to Scotland, right? So if you can get on vacation in eight hours, you can go visit family in a different country in eight hours on a flight, right? So they're not that far away from us. And so they're just doing ministry and they're doing community transformation in a different context than what we're doing. And so excited this morning for you to get to hear Lance. He's going to come and share. We're probably going to go a little bit over this morning on our time. I don't want to give him his, his opportunity to share uh, the, 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 the boxes still over there in that corner of the stuff if you want right. to do that again. So okay. uh, so anyway, all that to say this morning, uh, I just, I'm going to pray for him, but ask that you just listen to him this morning, see what God would speak in the moment through through Lance. And our uh, first service was a powerful time. I expect the same here. So let's pray and ask God to move. Father, we thank you, uh, Lord, first and foremost for, for Lance. Thank you for the Cantor family. God, we thank you that they are a part of our extended family. Thank you for the opportunity just to, to go over and visit them uh, several weeks ago with the team. God, thank you for the testimony that came from that trip. God, just the great things that you're doing in Scotland, the, the new and exciting, really kind of old things you're doing, but new to them, Lord, that you're doing. God, this old in a sense, God, it's their supernatural works of your spirit that are the same throughout all time, and we thank you for that. We ask this morning that you would open our ears to hear from Lance. I pray, Father, that you would do the work in us that you desire to do as you speak through him. Father, we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Wow. Well, I mentioned... I mentioned in the morning service, and, and I'll say it again here, just for me and for our family, this, is, this day is a real special day, just for the chance um, to come and maybe meet you guys for the first, a lot of you guys, we've, we've been connected with, with Steve and Randall, we've known them for, for quite a few years, um, and, and we met a few of the other guys that came over to Scotland a few weeks ago, but, but this is kind of our chance to meet you as a vintage family. And what I said this morning was, and it's really true, what, what Steve just shared about us not just being missionaries, but being a real extension of the family and a part of the family that just happens to live overseas is literally, that's any missionary's dream, is to have 
their pastor um, get up and say that because so many people are kind of isolated out there. They've got 20 different churches that, that kind of support them a little bit, um, and so they're on a wall somewhere. But to have this sense that we're actually family that's just over there, and it really came through when the team came. It was just an incredible time and such a humbling time when, you know, when these guys spent so much time preparing to come over, incredible spiritual preparation that they did to come over, all the money it took and everything to come over, <clears throat> and then just to have this sense of they were coming to visit family and, and to work with us and to join us in what we were doing is it, just amazing. And so I want to honor them for that, and I want to say I hope that some of you get to come as well in, in the years to come because we'd love to see you, and we'd love for you to to take part and to see what God is doing in this nation. Um, I tend to be, <clears throat> well, maybe I'll introduce ourselves a little bit <laughs> as well. My, um, my wife and four kids, I guess maybe we'll come up at the end and, and you can see us, but um, we've been in Scotland now for about 12 years. And we've worked with a ministry called Youth with a Mission, and that's kind of the ministry that's been our host that, our context for being over there. But once we got there, God just put Scotland in our blood. And he gave us an incredible vision for what God's getting ready to do in Scotland. And so I want to share a little bit about that with you today. And and I want to hopefully just connect your hearts with a little bit with what God's doing there. And and also just, I don't know, just give us a chance to connect a little bit. I want you to to know when, when, when they talk about Scotland or our picture appears or something, sometimes you can have, have some stories and, and something to attach to that. Um, but I'm, I was saying, in a lot of ways, I'm a big picture person, and God's put intercession on my heart. But I'm not, I don't, I'm not typically the kind of person that will intercede. Um, I don't know. I, I've got vision for revival. I've got vision for the big things and for community transformation. And so those are the kind of things that I'm really impassioned about. Those are the kind of things that I really have energy and faith to pray into. And so one of the real significant things that's happened with us over the last couple of years is, is this connection with vintage. And um, we went, we've been, like I said, we've been in Scotland now about 12 years. About three years ago, we came back to the States for a year. And we'd never done that before. We've, we've always come back. We try to come back every couple of years, but it's usually for six or eight weeks. So we came back for a year. And in that year, I had a chance to really connect with Steve and by doing so, connect with Vintage. And I, I started joining him on the Tuesday morning prayer meetings for Vintage. And as I started praying for Vintage, man, God just ignited my heart for what he's going to do with this church in this community. And, and I really, I, I can even remember now, one of the, I don't know, early on when we were praying, I, I shared with Steve, and I really believe this is true, you guys are actually in a position to set the spiritual atmosphere for this area that you're in. That you as a church are doing something, and you're doing something maybe slightly different than the other churches are doing, and you literally have the opportunity to establish the spiritual atmosphere in this place and, and to set the course that this area is going to go on spiritually into the future. And so I want to encourage you in that. And I want and those of you that are intercessors probably resonate with that, but take hold of that. That's a word to encourage you. God has got his hand on this church. And so for me, it was an incredible blessing. 
After we left, um, several months later, Steve emailed me and said that he would like to invite us to become vintage missionaries out of Vintage Church and that we could be part of the family here. And, man, for me that was such an honor and, and such a privilege. One, because I see what God's doing here. And secondly, God is getting ready to do some phenomenal things in Scotland. And I just see this divine transference. I just see what God's doing there is going to be released here and what God's doing here is going to be released there. And so I want to share a little bit about what God's doing there so that you can have that expectation that God's going to do some of those things here as well. Because God's knit us together. And and I think it's a God thing. I'm trusting that it's a God thing. It's not just through our friendship but it's a God thing that, that we've been knit in to you as a family. And so as I'm sharing, I want to release some of these things. Because I think God's going to do something something amazing in Scotland. Let me just share. I'm, in, I'm probably going to end up sharing something totally different than I shared in the morning service. So um, you guys can compare notes if, if, you're, if it caught your interest. <clears throat> Several years ago... There was a woman that came to England. She was on her way. She and her husband were going to be missionaries in Thailand. And she, he went on to Thailand. She had some friends in England. And so she stopped off in England to visit her friends for a couple of weeks before. That was them. They were going to Thailand, going to be there for, for their life as far as they knew. So she's in England. And she's visiting her friends. And over the course of, of a couple of weeks... She had the exact same vision came to her. And I don't, I don't know. I wasn't there to hear it. I don't know if it was an open vision, if it was a dream, a picture, what. But it was very clear, and it came to her three times. And so I want to share what she said. It says, During those weeks, a vision came to me. It appeared three different times during prayer, and it was the same vision each time. And let me, let me just say this in, before, before I get into that. She was on her way. She just had friends in England. She had no grid for, for the United Kingdom, for England, for Scotland. She, as most Americans, were not very good on our geography beyond the borders of America. Um, <clears throat> she was one of those people. She knew America and Thailand because that's where they were going. And so she had no idea of the spiritual heritage of, of the U.K. or anything like that. <clears throat> So during prayer, and it was the same vision each time, and what I saw was the British Isles, as in a bird's eye view. A kind of haze was over the whole like a green fog. And then little pinpricks of light began to appear from the top of Scotland to Land's End. Land's End is kind of a place at the very south point of England. Then I saw lightning come and strike those fires, the brightest spots particularly. And there was a kind of explosion, and rivers of fire flowed down. Again, the sense of direction was from the top of Scotland to Land's End. But some of those rivers didn't stop there. They went right across the channel and spread out into the continent. Now, the Lord gave her an interpretation for what that was as well. And I'm going to read that out. But basically, she just sees, she sees this land. She, I guess by that point, she knew it was Scotland and she knew it was the U.K. And she saw these little pinpricks of light. She realized there were fires and then the lightning struck. And, and of course, that's a picture of revival. That's a picture of, you know, our burning hearts. You know, God doing something in the individual that then God lays a hold of that and it erupts and it begins to spread to our community. 
And when all those individuals dotted all around, when that begins to happen, they come together and they merge and they begin to spread out. That's revival. That's a picture of revival. And, and that's what she saw for Scotland. <clears throat> the Lord impressed it on my heart that those fires were, were groups of people whom he would make intensely hungry for New Testament Christianity. They would start reading their Bibles and saying, for instance, as they read the book of Acts, where is this church? Where are these people so full of the power of the Holy Spirit? Where are these miracles? Where is the growth, this vitality, this courage, this boldness that these people had? Is that for today? Can we have it today? Shouldn't the church be this way? And as these questions were being planted in their hearts, the Lord Jesus said that he would make them very hungry for the Holy Spirit and he would fill them with the Holy Spirit. She goes on a little bit and then she says, and then I asked the Lord, what does the lightning stand for? And he said, unlike the first part in which I will be speaking to Christians and preparing my church and renewing it and reviving the saints, the lightning represents a second part of the vision in which I will bring a spiritual awakening to the nation that will be a witness to the unsaved, to the unchurched, and to the non-Christian. Through these believers, I will bring a witness to this land. They will be an army of witnesses, and I will begin to release their ministries so that they will give their testimonies, and there will be apostolic signs following and accompanying their testimonies. Where ears have been deaf and hearts have been hard and eyes have been blind, I will touch the people of this land, and they will begin to hear the testimony of my people. They will begin to see the manifestations of my power, and their hearts will begin to believe. Thousands and thousands of people are going to come into my kingdom through this army of witnesses. You know, I love it that you started the service this morning with a testimony of God's supernatural power and healing. And that's what church is. That should be normal. That, that, that's what we should do. The, you know, this phrase has been going on in my head uh, of being um, naturally supernatural. The church is designed... We're, we're supernatural beings. We're spiritual beings first. Our body's going to die. It's going to perish. But our spirits are going to last forever. And so we need, as a church, need to begin to start operating out of our spirits and not out of our flesh. Living out of our spirits and not out of our flesh. And when you read the book of Acts, when you read the, New Te- when you read the whole Bible, you find that we're, we've got a supernatural God and we were created in His image. He's a spiritual being. And we were created in His image. So that means we're spiritual beings. There, there's something that some of us, when we're, when we're praying together and when we get ready to go on outreaches and everything, we remind ourselves. As Christians, you and I are powerful spiritual beings. And we can do things. That, that we can change History. We can change. We can't change history. We can change the future. We can affect the direction of our communities. Because we, we're the only... Do you know that Christians are the only, only people in the world that have all authority? We have all authority because it's granted to us by Jesus. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given me. Therefore, Go. And so you and I, you know, our our president, our governors, they have a measure of authority. But we have all authority. I had a friend that that when he travels, his his assumption is that um, God's the only one that opens and closes doors. And so he sees the...
just the gatekeeper. Oops. He, the immigration guy is just somebody that stands in the gate. That guy doesn't have authority. Truly, like we have authority. He has delegated authority by in the natural. But we have supernatural authority. And this guy gets into places that he shouldn't be able to get into. Because he doesn't, he doesn't even look at it in that way. He looks at it as in, that's my dad. He owns this country. You know, you don't own that country, Mr. Immigration Guy. My father created that country. He owns it. And I have every right to go in there. And this is how God wants us to operate. Okay? I believe this vision because it's something way beyond me. It's something that only God can do. And it's something that resonates in my spirit because God started to speak some of these things to me about revival coming to Scotland before I ever heard about Jean Darnell and and this prophecy. God started dropping things into my spirit. And I started to have a faith for a nation that, man, if you go there in the natural and and you go to church one day, you wouldn't find this. There's no church like this in Scotland. Very, very, very few. I shouldn't say there's none. There's a handful of churches. And you guys got to go to one of them. Um, our home church um, is about as close to this as you, as you can get. This is not the norm at all in Scotland. But it can be, and it's getting ready to be. <clears throat> um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share something a little bit different than I did this morning and let me, let me just share something, because this is another thing that Jean Darnell, when she gave that prophetic word, she just had a vision and she shared it. It turns out that people have latched onto that as a promise from God. And it is, it, it's just stuck. You know, a lot of times people share something and it, it'll stick or maybe this is stuck. And people, God has just burned this in the hearts of people. What she didn't know, Scotland literally has one of the greatest histories of revival of any nation in the world. Except for Wales, Scotland has had more significant moves of God than any other nation in the world. And when I talk about moves of God, these are supernatural, sovereign, outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, that just can't be explained any other way. That just... I've got stories in my head, but I better not go off on a tangent or <laughs> I wouldn't get my focus. But that, that's something, that's part of the spiritual heritage of Scotland. I didn't know that either. And when I turned up in Scotland, I didn't even want to be there. Where, where our house was, where we had moved to, is a beautiful setting, but our village was kind of run down and it was a bit depressing. And I just wasn't that excited to be there. And my, my eyes were on another nation that, that I thought God was going to eventually take us to. And so anyway, I remember after several months, I, I was just waiting for the green light to go on to Northern Ireland. And that wasn't coming. And so finally one day I was just like, Lord, why have you got us in Scotland? We don't have a heart here. We don't have any, you know, we had a real clear call to go there, but didn't know what for. And um, I remember one day, as clear as anything, we'd been there about about five or six months. I said, God, why are we in Scotland? And God spoke to me and he said, because revival is coming to Scotland and I want you to be a part of it. And I didn't know, looking all around me, this church was spiritually dead. It's barren spiritually. And God, and he speaks this so powerfully to me that something ignites in my heart. And I really believed it. And I thought I was the only one that knew this. And so I was ready to go out and find people and say, look, prepare. God's getting ready to bring a revival to this nation. And thankfully, I did a little bit of research before I just started jumping the gun sharing. And I discovered 
that God had been saying the same thing to a lot of people. And in the midst of this spiritually barren facade of a church, under, the undercurrent is there's God, these little pinpricks all over the nation. You'll find people that have an incredible sense that God's preparing this nation for a revival. So anyway, one of the things that, that I started doing, um, that we started doing with our ministry, is, is I have a real heart for the remote places, the highlands and the islands. And as it happens, that's where a lot of these revivals have taken place. And so the Lord gave me this phrase, kind of the banner over what we were going to be doing, which was redigging the wells of revival. And so I started taking um, teams up to these different places of past revival and, and praying for revival and, and doing outreach there and whatever God led us to do. And, and we were connecting with, with churches and people and ministries up there that can continue what we were doing. But anyway, it was on one of these trips that um, we ran in, met this guy kind of randomly. Real remote little church where God had moved in an incredible way back in the early 1950s. And anyway, I was talking to this man, and he was one of these guys that just really flowed in, in the prophetic, and he just really engaged with God continually. And so he was, he was kind of discipling our team a little bit while we were there. Just, we ran into him, but he was a real talkative guy. And he was just telling our team, he said, you know what? He said, God is always moving. He's always active around us. And our job is just to align ourselves with what God's doing and say, and, and, and say, God, you know, what, what did that mean when I saw this or that? And, and he said, God will speak to you. And, and he said, all of a sudden your world will open up when you begin to see what God's doing all around you. So anyway, he shared about that for a little while. And at one point he, in the discussion, he said, you know, Lance, he's, or no, he didn't say my name. He said, um, he said, I feel like God's given me a word for you. And, um, <clears throat> you know, can I share it? And I said, yeah. And he said, he said, the Lord says that you are the tip of a spear that he has sent to penetrate the darkness of these islands and bring the light of Jesus. And it's like, man, when he spoke that, that just hit me in the spirit because that, he had just given language to what I was doing, to what, to what my heart was. And so it was just, for me, it was just a real powerful prophetic word hit on what was in my heart. <clears throat> as soon as he finished, he was actually a missionary to the, the people in... in northern Canada, and so he's from the Arctic Circle. And so he actually had with him on, on his tiny little team this, uh, this maybe 18, 19-year-old um, Eskimo girl from up in northern Canada. And so anyway, as soon as he prayed or shared that with me, she came, I, I just overheard him go up to him, overheard her go up to him, and she said, I think he might be the one. And, she said, and he said, I think you're right. And so she goes back over to a rock sack, pulls something out, and comes up to me. And she hands me this necklace with an arrowhead on it. <clears throat> and she said, when we were preparing to leave um, a couple weeks ago on this trip, she said, the Lord spoke to me and told me to carve an arrowhead. And he would show me who to give it to. She said, we've been on this trip for ten days. She said, we leave tomorrow morning. And she said, I believe the Lord's saying, you're the one I'm supposed to give this to. And so... He gives me this amazing word that hit exactly what I'm doing. She hands me this, this arrowhead that she had just carved. And I was just blown away. So we talk on a little bit more. And it's getting late and we're getting ready to go. And he said, he said, do you mind if I just pray for us before we leave? I said, no, that would be great. 
He said, you know what? He said, I feel bad. He said, I never even asked your name. I said, oh, that's I said, my name's Lance. And the second I said that, <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, Lance is a, a spear. <laughs> he started laughing and, man, it just hit me. It's like, oh, my gosh. You know, he'd just been telling us that every aspect of life, you know, God's in the midst of it. And I had always known that people's names had significance. I never knew mine did. I never even thought about that. And when I spoke that, God just said, this is what I created you for. I inspired your parents to give you that name because there's a destiny on your life. By the way, there's a destiny on all our lives. He just revealed mine to me in a, in a cool way through that story and, and through some other things. But God showed me I had a destiny on my life. And it just affirmed everything. You know, sometimes God speaks things that are kind of big and you don't really believe. You know, you, you know yourself well enough that you think, okay, that would be nice, God, but I'm not, I'm not Steve. I'm Lance. And so... <clears throat> um, But I started to believe some of these things that God's been speaking to me over the years. The next year, we're up on the island again. And there's a a man and his wife in Scotland that have kind of been, in, in the last, I don't know, 40, 50 years, kind of the face of revival. She was actually converted pretty dramatically in the Lewis, in the revival on this island of Lewis that we're on. And he's just a scholar that had studied revival all over the world. And together, the two of them would travel around the world and, and release revival and share about re- revival. And, and God actually used her in two other occasions to spark revivals um, back in the 1950s on different islands in Lewis. <clears throat> so anyway, the team that was with me, I'd been reading. They wrote a book about the revivals and everything. And I'd been reading from the book and, and telling them about this couple, Colin and Mary Peckham. And it was actually a couple that I had always wanted to meet. But the way I've tended to work, it's funny because I don't see myself as a networker at all. I'm not, I'm not good at just going into a group and meeting people and stuff. But God has just naturally used me to network. And I can't tell you how many of these tiny little pinpricks of light over Scotland that I've met. In the most remote places, God has put me in touch with somebody that's just full of the Holy Spirit and full of expectation of what God's getting ready to do. And so, so even though I wanted to meet this couple, because they, I, I'm kind of a revival buff and I just studied so much about the revival, I really wanted to meet them, but I thought I'll, just, I'll wait and see if God puts it together. <clears throat> so anyway, we're, the next year after I had that cool encounter, we're up on the same island. <clears throat> Our last day there, the woman that's hosting us says, oh, by the way, did you know the Peckhams are on the island? And I said, no, really? And she said, yeah, have you, have you ever met them? And I said, no. And she said, oh, you ought to meet them. And so she somehow coordinated. They were busy doing um, this trip. Somebody was filming them for, for a video on revival. And we were doing our, our outreach, this youth clubs and stuff. <clears throat> and she worked it out to where at, at this community center that we were working at, they just passed through and we had about 15 minutes with them. And it was kind of a neat thing because the team didn't know. They were, she had kind of told me that they'd be coming. The team didn't know anything about it. And so all of a sudden, up, these people that I'd been talking about all week just pop into the community center and said, Are, is there somebody here we're supposed to meet? And, and so it was just a real precious time of getting to meet, you know, these, these people that I'd, that I'd read so much about. <clears throat> we talked to them for about 15 minutes. They pray for us and, and we go. The very next day... 
we're, we're traveling down. We leave the Isle of Lewis, run this huge drive back down to where we live. And I get, a, I get a phone call on my cell phone, and it's the lady that was our host. And she said, I've got to tell you what just happened. She said, I was cleaning up the sheets from, from the cottage you're in, and I was driving back to the church, <clears throat> or driving back, and she said, Colin Peckham came out of the church and waved me down. <clears throat> and she said, this guy's a real kind of very, he's a brilliant man, and he's very passionate about God, but he's not a very emotional kind of guy. <clears throat> and she said he waved her down, he hopped, in the, hopped into the car and just began weeping. And he said, that team, those guys that I met were from YWAM, right? And she said, yeah. He said, I've been praying for the last six months that God would connect me with YWAM in Scotland. And he said, yes, you know, <laughs> yesterday I meet them. And he said, I don't have their number or anything. Is there a way to get in touch with them? And so... <clears throat> So she put us in touch with each other. We were, this is when, three years ago, remember I said we came to the States for a year. This was right before we were coming to the States. And this was like my dream to meet these people. And we're getting ready to come to the States. And so I'm like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? So I called him and arranged for him to come and speak to YWAM at our staff meeting <clears throat> a couple days before we flew out. And so it worked out. They came. Heather and I got to spend the evening with them. They, they came, and the next morning they spoke and they shared. And as they were sharing, you know, they are carrying the presence of God in revival. I mean, they just carry revival in who they are. They've got a real mantle for that. And so we just asked them. They're not a charismatic type of people, so they wouldn't understand. They probably wouldn't think in terms of, would you pass the mantle of revival that you're carrying on to us? Um, but in so many words, that's what I was asking. You know, I talked to them and I said, can you pray for us and just kind of release what you're carrying for revival onto us and everything? And so they did, and it was a really powerful time. And a couple of days later, we fly out to America and we're here. Three months after that happened, <clears throat> Colin had a heart attack and died. Six months after he died, Mary had something and she passed away and I was really looking forward to the time you know when we got back from the states to really connecting with them and just hearing you know I just got the tiniest little drop on my tongue you know and I wanted to just sit and drink from them and so I was just crushed I mean apart from the fact that these two spiritual giants in the nation you know had gone home it's like I was just crushed that I didn't get that time and so as I was praying about it and reflecting on it the Lord just hit me with something. Colin and Mary Peckham had been in Scotland. For, she grew up in Scotland. He, they'd been ministering in Scotland for 50 years. YWAM has been in Scotland for 40 years. And for that whole time, they never connected with YWAM. They never had any compulsion, compulsion to connect with YWAM. And yet, right before they die, God so impresses it on their heart that to pray that he would get connected with YWAM. And he comes to meet us, and we ask for everything. We're just like, we ask them, give us what you've got. And I really, really believe that, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I really believe that kind of that Elisha and Elijah thing, you know, where Elisha said, I want what you've got. I believe God did something with us in that moment and passed that on to us. And I share that just because I want you to have a sense when, when you're praying for us, 
we're not very special, and anybody that knows us very much knows <laughs> we're not very special, remarkable people spiritually. But I do believe God is doing something remarkable in Scotland, and I know that he's put us there, and I believe he's going to use us in one way or another. And now we're part of the family here, and that means he's going to start using some of you guys. Some of you when you come, some of you when you pray for us, whatever connect, level of connection God gives with us individually and corporately, I think God's getting ready to do something. And it excites me because you guys are a church that, that we're on the same page with, you know, that I, I just feel like we're on that same page. And so it really excites me. And so I just wanted to, to share a bit of that, to give you that expectation. You can, I'd love for you, if you get a chance to talk to the team, I didn't really take time to share what God's doing now in Scotland um, tangibly, but God is beginning to release the, the stuff that she's talking about. There's definitely a hunger for New Testament, for for Book of Acts kind of stuff. And God's beginning to do it. And we're seeing people get healed. We're seeing, you know, moves of God. We're seeing signs and wonders. And we're seeing um, God releasing the prophetic uh, on an incredible level. And people are getting saved through that. Because they're not just hearing about God. Somebody's actually going up to them, sharing a word of knowledge that nobody could ever know, opens up the door to him, and then you just speak life into him. When you give a prophetic word, it's just an encouragement from God. And we're able to speak life into people, and they're encountering Jesus in a tangible way, and they love it, and they want it, and, they, and they're coming. <clears throat> so anyway, talk to, talk to the guys that were on the team and hear some of their stories of what God's doing, because it, it's really cool. And they, they had the chance to, to step into um, just some of the beginnings, I think, of what God's just beginning to release. Okay, I'm going to shift. <clears throat> I'm totally going over time. Are we okay, or do I need to? Am I okay? okay. <laughs> do you have a choice to say no? <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. Um, I'm really sorry. I've gone over time. Just two things real quick. I want to... <clears throat> Um, a while back, a friend of mine shared about this wedding that she had gone to. And in the wedding, um, after the wedding at the reception, the bride and groom, they kind of had this big reception. And then there's a moment in the reception where the bride and groom hadn't been there. And they opened the doors and they presented the bride and the groom. And they played this song when they, when they came in. And so I, I want to play this song. But man, when I heard this song, I just had this image of my mind of, of the wedding banquet in heaven, when the bride of Christ is presented to Jesus. And, and I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I just like to imagine and have this picture in mind that different nations, you know, the Father's going to stand up and he's going to say, here's your bride from America. Here's your bride from Cambodia. Here's your bride from here and there. <clears throat> and I just, I, I just, so I just want you to listen to this song and imagine when the Father stands up and he says to Jesus, and Jesus, now I want to present to you your bride from Scotland. Because <clears throat> the Scottish bride's going to look a little different. She's, I know the bride of Christ is beautiful, but Scotland's kind of a warrior nation. There's a, they're a braveheart nation. You know, they're a nation that carries this, this warrior spirit in them. So I think it's going to be pretty exciting when God gives Scotland, the bride of Scotland, to Jesus. And so I just want you to, to listen to this. 
I've also got a couple gifts that I'm going to give you as a church, and I'll probably bring those out in the middle of the song. But um, just have that in mind, and, and just let let the music get inside of you, and, and let God speak to you as, as He does. Okay. And the one is, the Lord told me to get a sword and to bring it here. And this is, this is a Claymore sword. This is, this is the kind of sword that William Wallace would have used. Um, it's a Highland Claymore sword. And for me, this is a small one. They say the, the original ones are six to seven feet long. So massive big swords. But for me as an intercessor, um, the sword has such symbolism. It's such a picture of the authority that we have. And, you know, I don't know if it's just a guy thing or not, but when you hold a sword in your hand like this, you have a sense of power. You know, something wells up into you that's like, man, I, you know, I've got a sense of power. And that's what, you know, I was talking about our spiritual authority. We really are powerful, supernatural, spiritual beings. And, and so I wanted to give you this, this as, a, as a symbol of that, because Scotland is a warrior nation. And that's one of the strengths of Scotland is this warrior spirit and, and this breakthrough spirit. And so I wanted to give you that as a visual symbol. And also, um, as you're praying for us, as you're praying for, for others, to have in mind, I don't, I don't know how, what you'll do with it or whatever, but if you get a chance, come up and pick it up and just let it sit in your hand so that you can have a visual picture in your mind. Man, when I'm praying, I, I'm praying with power. I'm affecting things in the heavenly realms when I pray. Okay? So, um, yeah. So, we want to give you this. And we want to thank you as a church for fighting for us. Because this is also a picture of just you as a church have chosen to fight for us. And to stand with us. And to battle with us in Scotland. And, and again, we're totally, totally blessed by that. The other gift we wanted to give you was a, it was a walking stick that I made. Um, and this is just a symbol of some of you, as a church, you've fought for us and you've fought with us. And some of you, as individuals, have walked with us and you've journeyed with us. And we've been in Scotland for 12 years. We've known some, some of you for that long. Um, and I remember Danny and Mary standing with us when we first went. You know, they've walked with us. And they've heard the good things and they've heard, <laughs> they've got their ear full of the struggles as well. But you know what? They've walked with us this whole time. And I really honor them because they've been incredible friends that have stood with us and blessed us through the ups and the downs while we've been there. Um, And we want to invite you as individuals to walk with us on this journey. And um, what we've actually done is is some of you that have have in the past, you know, through through prayers or finances or whatever, you've, you've individually kind of stood with us. And so I've... Um, I've, with a wood burner, I burned your names on here. Um, and I want to invite you, if you, if you want to, to journey with us in whatever way it looks like, um, I'm going to have to work it out with Steve. I don't know if maybe there's somebody that can, can do the wood burning. Hopefully that, that would be kind of cool if it worked out. But I want to give this to you again as a symbol and, and an honor and really thank those of you that, that have been with us. Um, and that would like to walk with us on a personal level as we, as we continue going on to Scotland to see what God does with us. So, anyway, bless you and thank you. And if you want to come up, Steve, I'll let you take them. And <laughs> yeah. 
I've got a sword. <laughs> no, this is awesome. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, even as, even as interesting as that, I've been in both services, and, you know, he pulled out the sword. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing, right? No one under the age of 18 can touch this, but... Um, <laughs> But no, but you can't in the spirit, right? But no, seriously, we um, even as we were sitting here in this moment, I was thinking, my, you know, God, there are so many. Even as they look at the sword, they're uncomfortable, right? There's an un- a discomfort, I think, that hmm. we feel. But that when the Lord looks, that's how He views us, as those who can wield swords. And I know you're thinking, oh my gosh, there's a sword in the middle of church. But I want to just make it clear that if you've ever watched a Braveheart and something was was that rose inside of you. This is a response of who God is. If you if you just read the Old Testament, just open, just read the Old Testament, read the read the book of Revelation. Jesus on a white horse, his eyes like fire, his robe dipped in blood. There's yeah. a warrior understanding of the heart of God, yeah. that God fights for us, yeah. but yeah. God invites us to fight alongside of us with with Him. Excuse me, to fight alongside of Him. And so I encourage you as we take the, you know, as we, as we receive this gift, I want to, I want to ask that you would pray and say, God, help me to receive that authority that, that Lance is talking about, the things we're experiencing. And, um, so with that, thank you, uh, Lance. And I'd like to do this, you know, I'd like to uh, invite the rest of your family to come forward. And you can go ahead and go down there with, um, and y'all can go ahead and come forward. Is your whole family here still here? I'm not sure. Maybe they had to, yes, whoever's here. Son, daughter, children, daughters. And um, obviously being part of our extended family, we're going to take some time this morning and pray for them. As You know, it's one of those things as Lance shares those stories, we get really excited. But, you know, he, he, he named, talking about Danny and Mary, the struggles. And the reality is, is that as God moves in their lives, that there are so many things that, that try to skit in the way of God bringing fruition these things, right? These things try to exalt themselves before the Lord. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to come alongside of them and walk with them in prayer. So I want to encourage you, if you'd like to come and just lay hands on the Cantor family and to pray for them and invite you to come right now. Uh, if you have a heart for missions, if you have a heart for the Cantors, if you just want to pray for them, invite you to come, lay hands on them. We are excited to be part of their family. We're excited to, for them to be a part of ours and us and part of theirs. And so we're believing God for, for great things in them and to see what that means for us. And so if you're in your seat, just begin praying for them now. Just begin to praying for, for wisdom, praying for discernment, just praying for, for the fruit of the Spirit to be released in every area of their life, for a deep knowledge of Jesus to be released. Go ahead and pray.